Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Robert Zirk, and joining me today is my co-host, Nolan Bicknell. On today's show, Mamma Mia, which is based on the music of ABBA, opens tonight at Rainbow Stage. Rob will be speaking with director Anne Hodges to learn more about the production and what audiences can expect when they go see it. Then CJNU's Kathy Kennedy also recently had the chance to speak with Ken Opalecki, the executive director of West Broadway Youth Outreach, to learn more about how its programming helps encourage kids to follow their dreams and be the best they can be. And the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice, Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens, will also join us to talk about the stories they've been working on this week. And Noah Ehrenberg will stop by to share the latest stories from local citizen reporters on Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism website. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Welcome to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and look who's back! Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm quite well, thank you. It's how been, was your... I, you how ha- many shows away have I been? Three or four Oh now? my goodness, it's been a few. Three or four or five shows. Yeah. So you it's had quite the trip, actually. I, I did. I was in Japan and Sydney, Australia. I was in Tokyo, Japan and Sydney, Australia for about three, three and a half weeks. Just sort of exploring the world and, and learning about different cultures and eating a lot of sushi, which was fantastic. And just having the time of my life, pretty much. It was awesome. Awesome. Tell us, tell us uh, one of the highlights from hmm. your time there. The food, for sure. Everywhere, even in Sydney, actually, was really good nightlife, really good dinners and, and drinks and parties and just kind of enjoying life. But probably the highlight from Japan was I went to a virtual reality uh, arcade, basically. And it's, uh, it was, a, it was a, quite a trip. It was basically every single video game you could play had a virtual reality helmet that you put on. And there was skiing and Mario Kart and a whole bunch of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad to be back. The jet lag still hasn't quite worn off. I'm still sleeping weird hours, but uh, it's good to be back in Canada and good to be back in Winnipeg and good to be back on River City 360 as well. Excellent. So welcome back. And uh, we've got a really great show lined up today, starting with the latest production at Rainbow Stage, Mamma Mia. Tonight is opening night. And after the break, I'll be speaking with the director and Hodges to find out more. But before we get to that, of course, we have to start the show off with a song. And I think there's only one song that Mama we could mia. possibly lead off is with that, today. I don't know if it is, but is it going to be that? Oh, it's definitely that. No introduction necessary, but here's the intro anyway. It's Mamma Mia by ABBA right here on River City 360.
and welcome to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you in studio, and I am now joined via telephone by Anne Hodges. She is the director of Rainbow Stages production of Mamma Mia, which opens this evening. Anne, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with the music of ABBA, but they might not be as familiar with the musical Mamma Mia, which uses a lot of the ABBA songs. Tell us a little bit about the setting of the play, sort of a synopsis. Sure. Um, Well, the play is set in a small island in Greece, and it tells the story of um, a woman named Donna and her daughter Sophie. And it's Sophie's wedding day the very next day, so so, uh, Sophie's getting ready to be married. And basically, unbeknownst to Donna, Sophie, a few months ago, um, read her mother's diary and discovered that she has three possible dads. Um, and she doesn't, has never met them, doesn't know who they are, but from the sort of indications in the diary, she's like, oh my gosh, it could be one of any of these three men. And so she has written letters um, of invitation to her wedding to these three men who arrive on the island the day before her wedding. So it's kind of the story of what happens um, as Sophie is trying to find herself through discovering who her father is and what happens to Donna and all of the other people on the island as these... Uh, people are getting ready for this wedding and all the things that are happening around that. Sounds intriguing. Mm-hmm. So I learned today that it said that you could pick a day, any day in the calendar, and at least five cities worldwide are staging Mamma Mia! the musical. What is it about the play that makes it so well-loved worldwide? I think it's really well done. Well, first of all, the music is very, very well known and popular. And so if anyone is an ABBA fan, they hear about Mamma Mia! and they think, I have to go and see this show. If you're not an ABBA fan, um, the music, the musical itself is amazingly well done. Um, now, the producer who had the idea, her name was Judy Kramer, um, she had this idea by just sort of listening to a bunch of ABBA songs going, these songs have incredible stories and there's incredible drama within them. And so she thought this would make a great musical and then she took it to ABBA and they eventually gave her the permission. Um, and then she presented the idea, or she, she engaged a, um, a writer, Katherine Johnson, and she basically said, um, you know, we have to make this a good musical. The plot doesn't ha- like doesn't have to have anything to do with ABBA. In fact, we want it to be an original plot. Um, we want every single song to be integral to the storyline, just like in a regular musical. Um, you know, it has to express the characters' emotions and feelings, and not just sort of stop the show and then do an ABBA song. So it's really amazing how well the writer um, integrated the songs into the storyline. And so you're watching this really well-made play. And suddenly they sing a song that is immensely familiar, and there's just this sort of chill and excitement that goes through you because you're like, oh my gosh, I know, I know this song, and yet I never thought that I would see it in this situation. So the story itself is just so well done. Um, the music is incredible, and it's just full of kooky, fun joy. Um, I watched this really great interview with the original director and the, uh, the other two ladies who created it, and um, um, uh, it just was, she said that there's something called the Mamma Mia factor when they're putting together a cast. And I think that we tried to do the same thing. We, this play is full of just kookiness and joy, as I mentioned. And we wanted to make sure that we had a cast full of kooky, joyful people. Um, and it's, it's sort of that kind of thing that uh, is also comes across the footlights and really sort of infects the audience. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of staging a musical like this and all the effort, what it takes to bring everything together? Sure. Well, any musical is a, 
a big endeavor, and there are a lot of people involved. Um, so I have, um, there's myself, the director, there's a choreographer. Our choreographer is Lisa Stevens, who is a Canadian, but she has been working and living in New York for a number of years. Amazing choreographer. And then there's a music director, Anthony Bastionen. So those are sort of the three departments that are working constantly. Um, so we often, in rehearsal, we have three rehearsals going on. So I'll be doing staging in one room, Lisa will be doing choreography in another room, and Anthony will be doing music with someone in another room. There's a lot of sort of things that have to come together to tell the story. Um, of course, you know, off stage there's, or back uh, in, in the other departments, there's Carpenter's building the set, set designer Brian Perchelag, we've got lighting designer Scott Henderson, um, there's, you know, people building the costumes, just, it's just a, a mass operation. There's lots and lots of people involved. Um, what's really unique with this show um, is that there's, with the ABBA sound, there's all of this backstage singing. When ABBA recorded their tracks, they apparently recorded multiple, multiple tracks, and that's one of the reasons you get that sort of really full, almost a choral sound with many different voice parts singing at the same time. And in the live musical, people may not be aware of this, but there's a whole choreography going on backstage. So the ensemble will dance their faces off, basically on stage, and then run off stage to a sound booth, and then they're singing backup singing to someone else's solo, which has happened less than 30 seconds later. And then after they sing those backup to, um, or the backup tracks, not tracks, but after they're singing the backup voices, they come running back on stage to do the next scene, or they're running to their dressing rooms and uh, changing costumes and things. The audience may not be aware of all of that activity because we just hear the sort of full sound that we're very familiar with with all these songs, but um, um, that's actually what's happening backstage. It's all um, live vocals backstage as well. Oh, wow. So it's really, it's unique in that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's been a highlight of your time working on Mamma Mia here with Rainbow Stage? Well, we have an incredible cast, and um, I, I won't name everybody because they really are all amazing. I just described the um, intense work that all of the ensemble do, uh, you know, with all of the dancing and then offstage singing, too. We have some incredi- incredible principal actors. Um, I'm really, really enjoying uh, working with Ma Andainisho, our leading lady. She plays Donna. And um, Winnipegers may be familiar with her. She uh, was sort of discovered when she was living in Winnipeg as, um, I think she was in her late teens or early 20s, to play the lead in Miss Saigon. And then so she was sort of snapped up and uh, um, discovered and, and taken off and to play the lead in this huge musical that um, played in Toronto for many years. And since then, she's played all over the world. She's an incredible um, singer, a great actress, and she's just so so much fun to work with. She's definitely got that kooky mamma mia factor that I was talking about earlier. Um, so that's that's been really really exciting to work with Ma'an and just, I mean, audiences will hear it. The first time she sang in rehearsal, I just my jaw dropped. And I had seen her on YouTube and heard of her before, but just to see her live is absolutely incredible. And every night. Um, while we're in rehearsal right now, I'm still turning to my assistant or turning to the choreographer and just saying, listen to that. Like, she has a way of singing a song. Her voice is so rich and beautiful, and she just knows how to sing a song. So that's really exceptional. It's been a great pleasure. Do you have a favorite ABBA song in particular? Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I saw that on Facebook yesterday, and I thought, what would be my, my favorite? You know, there are some amazing ballads in this piece, Winner Takes It All, slipping through my fingers and then there's just the I can't keep my body still tunes that get you like Waterloo and Dancing Queen and things and does your mother know so I actually I don't think I could pick a favorite right now um, 
I seem to, when I'm driving home from rehearsal, I seem to have at least one Abitune going through my brain on the, on the ride home. So uh, they're very, you know, they really stick with you. And that's what's amazing, too, is that I wouldn't say that I was a big ABBA fan when they were out in the 70s and 80s, but when I saw the show for the very first time, I knew every single song. So the music has really been in our culture and it's sort of in our DNA, whether we know it or not, which is part of, again, the pleasure of watching this show. You're, you're just watching a play and then suddenly you hear a song that is so familiar. Uh, it's just kind of a great thrill. So it sounds like a great time. And if any of our listeners want to check out the show, so opening night is tonight and it runs to the end of August mm-hmm. through the 31st, how can they get tickets? Well, tickets are available on the Rainbow Stage website, which is rainbowstage.ca, and they can also be purchased through the box office, and the phone number for that is 204-989-0888. Perfect. Anne Hodges is the director of Rainbow Stage's production of Mamma Mia, and of course that's happening uh, starting tonight, so that's opening night tonight, August 10th, and it runs through August 31st. And thank you again so much for speaking with me today about Mamma Mia. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Robert, and thanks again to Anne Hodges, director of Mamma Mia. Coming up after the break, CGNU's Kathy Kennedy had the chance to speak with Ken Opalecki, the executive director of West Broadway Youth Outreach, at a community barbecue that took place a few weeks ago, and we're going to have their conversation after this next song. But since we're on a bit of an ABBA kick, and who doesn't love ABBA, uh, here's She's She's My Kind of Girl right here on River City 360. It's a wonderful face and it means something special to me Look at the way that she smiles when she sees me How lucky can one fellow be? She's just my kind of girl, she makes me feel fine Who could ever believe that she would be I do 
Ken from uh, West Broadway Youth Outreach Center. So for those who are unaware of what uh, the Youth Outreach Center is, give us an understanding of, of what you guys are all about. West Broadway Youth Outreach is a life skills program pretending to be a recreational program. If you're wanting to do things like the revolving restaurant or flights in my friend's airplane and things like that, then you need to be a part of the reading program and the homework program and things to that effect. You read a book, especially if it's a book for a movie, you do a book report, you can go out to supper and that movie. We do Jets games, we do bomber games, anything September to June is all about the academics. We do 30 different programs a week and everything is free of charge. Piano lessons, guitar lessons um, done by professionals at our center. Um, homework club, reading program, math program, cooking program, you name it, any life skill that a child needs, um, sewing. We are wanting them to experience it in some way, shape or form through us, whether it's to try their first whale tail at the Folk Fest. I think that's extremely important, you know, just to broaden their horizons. So that is what happens September to June, July and August. It's all about Morden Corn and Apple Festival, Fun Mountain, Tinker Town, you know, yeah. I think somebody just got dunked in the dunk tank. So obviously all of these programs are not free. They cost money. So where does the funding come from, The Kim? funding comes from, I mean, amazing supporters such as, you know, Thompson's and their team, um, you know, which is, I guess, Dignity. Um, they are phenomenal about supporting us to the smallest level to the largest but our main source of funding comes from United Way that enables us to rent our space at 646 Portage Avenue and the rest we fundraise like crazy people our five-ish fund run the first Sunday of June every year we have our Lawyers for Literacy fundraiser which we do with the Manitoba Law Society who has approximately 85 lawyers who volunteer their time to come and read with our kids in that readathon every single year for the last six, six years now and, and the doors are open to anyone and everyone. Anyone, anyone is welcome to West Broadway Youth Outreach. Um, many of our kids, over the years, I've noticed the community is so transient that it, it became hard to say to a child, you're not within Osborne to Arlington, Portage to the River. You're not within that, so you can't. We couldn't do that anymore. Roughly my fifth year in, I realized that, that, that that's not going to work. So now we have kids coming from the Maples, Transcona, St. Boniface, St. James, every part of the city. They used to be of the community, and what they found in our program is something that they haven't found elsewhere. It's a program where, I mean, you do well, you know, especially on a report card or something. We're showing up at your school with flowers and pizza and Slurpees in the middle of your math class, standing on your desk, trumpeting how amazing you are, and of course you're hiding under your desk because you're embarrassed, but the message is, Okay, stop working so hard, and this treatment that I'm giving you also goes away. And of course, once you become, you know, academic royalty, there's no way you're going to go back to being, for lack of a better description, a commoner. So you've been with the center for 25 years. You yes. must have one amazing story after another. Give us one good success story. All the U of M billboards around the city has a picture of a young doctor on it. Every airport in Canada has a picture of this young doctor. Uh, she's a young woman I've had since Mulvey Elementary School, gone through our homework program, etc. Her name is Tito Daudu, and she finishes in about three weeks. She's a surgeon. She finishes her residency in Calgary, and she's back here to, you know, be that beacon of hope that the other four doctors are doing right now. So my goal is ten doctors, not because I think doctors are more important than a plumber. It's just I was that wimpy kid in high school who refused to cut the frog. So, you know, I thought, you know, 25 years ago when I put my program together, what am I going to do? Hmm. You know what? 
that's a profession I think is the hardest. So if I see kids that see and you know show an interest, uh, a sense of empathy, interest in sciences, etc., I'm going to give them all the tools they need to ensure that they can get to that level which they don't realize yet. All right, so Ken, if people want to get involved, if they want to make a donation, perhaps even volunteer, how do they go about doing that? They can check our website, westbroadwayyouthoutreach.com, or email us at wbyokids, K-I-D-Z, at gmail.com, or just call us at 774-0451, and we will tell them how they can get involved, how they can support us. On our website, we have a list of our top 10 emergency needs right now. By all means, you know, look at that. But there is nothing that is too small to help with. Well, it's a fantastic program, and let's get some donations going. Thank you very much. Thanks very much to CJ News' Kathy Kennedy for contributing that interview. And if you'd like to learn more about West Broadway Youth Outreach, you can visit their website at westbroadwayyouthoutreach.com. Coming up after the break, we've got back-to-back conversations with the hosts of A Winnipeg Slice. You may have heard them Monday to Friday, twice a day here on CJNU, bringing us interesting stories, one piece of Winnipeg at a time. Christine Ahrens recently spoke with one of the adult ambassadors at Folklorama's First Nations Pavilion, and she'll join us in studio after the break. But before we get to that, here is the Mart Kenny Orchestra with Put on a Happy Face, right here on River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Christine Ahrens. She is one of the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice here on 93.7 CJNU. Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's good to be here. 
So last week on the program, we had a feature interview on Folklorama, and I understand that this week you got to talk to one of the adult ambassadors for one of the pavilions. I did, actually. So Nikki Komak-Sudasak is one of the adult ambassadors for the First Nation Pavilion, and Nikki has a lot of talent with her. She's been throat singing for 23 years. She's traveled to be in major shows like the 1999 Summer Olympics and the 2015 Indigenous Music Awards, and so she told me a bit about how that happened for her. Well, I moved to Winnipeg when I was seven, and when I came to live here from Nunavut, um, my aunt didn't want me to lose a part of my, my identity or my culture our language so one day we me and my cousins I lived with three cousins we were watching APTN watching a couple old women making these strange noises and so we kind of asked our aunt about it she explained to us about where it came from and then we just kind of tried one day like just for fun and then like since what I remember trying it out upstairs, having fun with my cousins, and then all of a sudden we were traveling the world. So the First Nations Pavilion started last Sunday at Folklorama. Is throat singing something that you can go see if you go to the pavilion? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Nikki has a few daughters that she's taught throat singing too, and now they're going to be performing at the piv- and now they're going to be performing at the pavilion. And I understand uh, that this is actually a return for the First Nations Pavilion. There was a little bit of a hiatus, but it's back this year. So I believe that the last time the First Nations Pavilion was at Folklorama was back in 2013. So Nikki says part of the reason it's made its way back is partly thanks to Buffy Handel. Buffy Handel uh, is a very like uh, reputable woman in in Manitoba and actually just won a very prestigious award. So she owns her own uh, Aboriginal dance studio here in Winnipeg. So she's always been like a very big go-getter and and showing um, her culture in a different way, in a more contemporary way, as well as there's the traditional aspect. So um, she's just always been like very driven and like... So she's kind of the person that kind of had speared the whole First Nations pavilion. So I think we're pretty lucky to have her. And beyond the throat singing and dancing, uh, Nikki says that there's even more that you can expect if you get to go. One of the things that I have heard is that it's something new and something exciting and something that people are going to absolutely 100% enjoy and love. Um, and that it's kind of like hush-hush. So if you really want to check it out and, and you want to be surprised and awed at the beautiful regalia, the, the voices that you hear, the songs that you hear, the the artists that attend, then you just have to come. Excellent. So it sounds uh, sounds very intriguing. So where is the pavilion happening? Well, it's happening at the convention center. You can go to the second floor and it's only happening until Saturday, August 12th. So uh, you have a couple more days to go check it out. So make sure to go see it before it's gone. All right. Definitely one to check out for sure. Now, Christina, have you been to any Folklorama pavilions this year? Actually, I went to my first one just a couple days ago. I went to the Caribbean one. Uh, It was fantastic. You get to see some pretty crazy limbo tricks and some fire too. Um, So I would recommend that one, but I'm still hoping to check out a few more, especially this First Nations one. Awesome. How about yourself? I haven't been out to any this year, but hopefully I'll get a chance to take a few in. It's always nice to discover something new and see some of the performances, try some food. Let's pass the question over to our listeners. Are there any pavilions that uh, that you're planning on checking out or what pavilions have you checked out already? Um, be sure to give us a call on our listener line. That is 204-944-9474 extension 360. Leave us a message and let us know. 
What pavilions uh, have you seen this year and which ones are you looking forward to checking out? Christine, thank you again so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Christine, and thank you, Robert. Coming up next, Christine's co-host of A Winnipeg Slice, Christine Nichols, is going to join us in studio to talk about her favorite story from this past week. But first, here's Stefan Grappelli with S-H-I-N-E, right here on RC360.
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today in studio, and I am now joined by Christy Nickel, one of the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice here on CJNU. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about an upcoming event that's in support of Before the Bridge Senior Canine Rescue. And I understand you had the chance to talk to one of their volunteers about this event. Yeah, I spoke with Marcy and was lucky enough to go to her house and meet some of her rescue dogs, which is really great and probably why you're going to hear some, some barking in the background when we listen to some of the clips of our interview. But it was amazing to meet somebody with such a love for animals. She was telling me some stories before we got into the interview about how this, she's on her fourth or fifth rescue uh, foster now and it's because she's opened her house up to these these dogs who are living out their last few months or days of their lives whether because of illnesses or old age so she's had such an emotional few years since she started with before the bridge but really she's made such a difference just by welcoming these dogs into her home and giving them love it really takes some amazing people to do volunteer work like that you know knowing that not always does the story end on a happy note. Oh, totally. And these all of these people are amazing. It's a comfy, loving place to live for these animals, which is what we hope for for all of them, no matter what their age is. But knowing that in their hardest parts of life, these animals are having uh, a warm place uh, with love to be. Uh, I think it's really, really great. And the whole whole organization is sounds like a great cause. Before the Bridge is a senior canine rescue. So we rescue dogs that are age seven plus that are either relinquished to the rescue for a variety of reasons, um, health. Sometimes people have an older dog and they have babies and older dogs and sometimes infants don't go along and they can't keep them. So we take them in. Um, we also have some dogs that come in from the U.S. Uh, that have the same thing. They've been relinquished to kill shelters and they're on a euthanasia list. So they're going to be put down. And so we bring them into uh, we bring them up from the states into Canada it's really sad to see you know many of these dogs finding themselves without a home at that age I know it's like it's a really awful thing to think about but when you hear about events that they're putting on like the adoption event they have coming up on August 12th it gives a little bit of hope to the situation here in Winnipeg at least it's uh, a standard event that uh, we have our dogs come they start at 11 in the morning and they come until three in the afternoon there's all different ones we always put out which dogs are going to be there at what time um, on our our Facebook page as well as our website often we'll have baking for sale you know it's just one of our normal adoption events that we have there um, and this pet value is one of our you know, partners they've partnered with us and we're very fortunate to be there you know a lot of people when they're interested in getting an animal they might be focused on getting a puppy but I like the fact that this event and this organization in general um, that they're focused on the senior dogs who need homes because there are so many out there who definitely deserve a, a loving home Oh, I completely agree. Marcy was telling me about the pros and cons to adopting senior dogs, which I found really interesting because the pros by far outweigh the cons. Well, there's lots of benefits to adopting an older dog. Older dogs tend to be a lot calmer. You don't have the, the puppy years of the chewing on furniture. Um, they're, the majority of them are already house trained. They're lower energy. Uh, some of the people people would call them downfalls is, is that as, as some dogs do get older, the vet bills do go up a little bit. Um, you know, they, they often can have dental problems. Um, there are some health issues with being older, you know, sometimes it's arthritis and you know what, but either it isn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. 
So it sounds like this organization offers many opportunities for animal lovers to make a real difference in the lives of uh, these animals. Yeah, and making a difference for animals doesn't always mean adopting. Marcy talks about a few ways to help these pups without such a drastic commitment. We're a charitable organization, so a registered charity. So, um, you know, we don't actively seek donations. We don't post on our website that we need money but uh, or on our Facebook page. But of course, donations are always welcome because we are... You know, a volunteer-based, donation-based um, organization. We don't have any funding from government. We always need food. We always need cash donations to take care of, you know, vetting because that's just it. A lot of the dogs that we do get that come in, the vetting it hasn't been done. Like we get dogs that are relinquished even from, Manit- you know, in Manitoba and they haven't been vetted in six to seven years and they're an eight-year-old dog. So, you know, we have to spay them. So, you know, we're always, you know, open to uh, to the to the monetary donations as well. Excellent. So whether it's volunteering or making a, a monetary donation or even adopting an animal, there are a lot of ways to help out. So if you happen to find yourself in a giving mood on August 12th, you can head over to Pet Value on Pemina to donate or better yet, adopt a new friend. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining me in studio today. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, Christy. If you like what you heard and want to hear a little bit more, to hear all of the Winnipeg Slice segments, you can tune in to right here on CJNU every Monday to Friday at both 8.38 a.m. and 5.38 p.m. That's 8.38 a.m. and 5.38 p.m. to hear a Winnipeg Slice right here on 93.7 CJNU. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg is on his way into the studio to talk about the most recent stories that were posted on communitynewscommons.org. But first, here's Mel Torme with Every Day's a Holiday right here on RC360. Ask anyone who knows who's ever been in love Every day's a holiday And let it rain or shine The rain will taste like wine Every day's a holiday At a table for two It's party time Especially when the lights are low And as long as we're together It's New Year's Eve Anywhere we go That's why I say with pride That when we're side by side Every day's a holiday Ask anyone who knows Who's ever been in love a holiday And as long as we're together It's New Year's Say with pride that when we're side by side, every day's 
a holiday Ask anyone who knows Who's ever been in love Every day is a holiday For Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. Noah, thank you for joining us today. Great to be here. How are you? It's been a while, hey? Yeah. I've, uh, You've been gone. I've been MIA. I've been across the pond in Japan and Sydney. I wow. was telling Rob in the intro couple of the highlights from, from the trip, but uh, yeah, it's good to see you and good to be back on RC360. Oh, great to have you back. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good to be back on uh, back on Manitoba time. <laughs> yeah. I took a 17 seven- and a half hours. Well, yeah, I took I took I was telling uh, some buddies of mine I took a 17-hour flight and somehow showed up 3 hours in the past. So I figured out the secret to time travel. Time traveler. Is just travel from <laughs> Australia to Canada. There That's you go. Great. That's all you need. So Noah we have you on the show almost every week to tell us about the different stories that different uh, writers on Community News Commons are telling, because there's a whole sort of whack of different stories and different angles, and just uh, and and just some very interesting things that people are posting on CNC from uh, reviews and concert of concerts to highlights of the uh, Canada Summer Games, and everything in between. So tell us what sorts of stories are being published on CNC this week? Well, this week, one of the stories that has got, has received a lot of eyeballs is a story by Vivian Ketchum that uh, his, is getting a lot of shares on Facebook and on Twitter. It's uh, a story called Actions by Security Guard Anger Shopper, and basically it's a story about Vivian Ketchum, the CNC reporter who went into Dollar Tree store on Portage Avenue to buy some cat food and some other items. She looked around the store to see if it had everything she needed. It didn't, so she was on her way out the store to go to another store across the street. Oh, like without buying anything? That's correct. And then the security guard uh, approached her and uh, demanded that she empty her purse because uh, he was accusing her of shoplifting. Did he see? Obviously, he didn't see her shoplift. Well, she didn't shoplift. And uh, she didn't put anything in her purse. Profiling or what was the... Well, Vivian believes that the reason why she was singled out and was humiliated really publicly because this was, it was a really traumatic experience for her. She feels it was because of the color of her skin and because Mm -hmm. that she's an indigenous woman. She makes the point that she went to Transcona to do some shopping same day was treated like a good customer, was treated like a good customer, was given loyalty cards for the purchases that she made. And uh, she really believes that um, the security guard back at the Dollar Tree store on Portage basically Mm. saw her brown face and assumed that she was a criminal and made sure that he treated her that way. And there was no apologies from the manager and no apologies from the the security guard. It's a really unfortunate story because, you know, Vivian says that she really... felt humiliated and and so she thought she would write about it and she did and a lot of people have read this story and so it it is a popular story on Mm communitynewscommons.org I suggest our listeners check it out have a read and uh, comment on it if you like I've 
experienced that because when I used to be a lot younger and you'd go into stores, you know, convenience stores, and there'd people be kind of following you down the aisles and making sure, you, you know, you weren't some punk kid stealing. I mean, I was a punk kid back in the day, <laughs> but I never stole anything. So I know how it feels. I mean, I'm a white male, so I don't know how it feels on the racial side of things. But I know when it comes to ageism, there's definitely a bit of a worry that shopkeepers are going to watch kids and make sure they're not stealing anything. Yeah. But treating treating someone like a criminal when they have not done anything to give you that uh that idea in your head is kind of a unfortunate situation like you said yeah i think he probably could have asked her in a better way as right. far as you know instead, instead of, of just man. taking her bag and then rifling that's through it and emptying the contents of her bag that's a little harsh that's a little much and um and you know vivian makes the point that you know she didn't shoplift she was she's right. not a criminal and uh you know, yeah, she was just basically in there. To, and, and and she also makes the point that she's not going to go into the Dollar Tree store anymore. Why would you? Yeah. I mean, she's going to go to Transcona for, for sure. <laughs> well, like I said, there's all sorts of different stories that are posted on CNC from personal experiences that are unfortunate, like Vivian's was. Hopefully she's doing all right, Vivian, if you're out there listening. We wish you all the best, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are some other stories that are being uh, published on CNC? Well, on the lighter side, I really like Anne Haw's story about the cherry tree that she came across in Winnipeg. She's walking in a neighborhood in Winnipeg. There was this cherry tree that was full of cherries, and underneath it was a sign that said "Free Cherries." Oh, and where is this? Because I <laughs> well, love fresh you know, cherries. She didn't. I think. I think she purposely didn't put the address of the of so the it wouldn't get bombarded. Location. Well, I think because they their cherries have been picked. When oh, they put out okay. the free cherry sign and yeah. bags for the cherries. And instructions oh, on man. how to pick them and how to pit them. I would be texting my <laughs> friends. I'd be, I'd say, bring, bring a car. Like, let's load up. Yes, and these are Evans cherries. So they're those mm. sort of tart cherries. They're, um, they're quite good. Nice. Uh, there's, there was a whole bunch of them on the tree. Basically, the, the neighbor said to Anne that. Uh, they had picked an, enough, and the neighbors had picked enough, and so they just, <laughs> just thought, sick of cherries. At just that like point. Yeah. open it to the world. So Anne went That's ahead, so and nice. Anne Hoff from the CNC, she went out, she picked the cherries, she pitted them according to the instructions that um, the neighbors had given her, <laughs> and she made some cherry pie. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so it's just a terrific little story. Gives you a little bit of background on, on what Evans cherries uh, are all about and how they were created, which is interesting oh, cool. too. Uh, they came uh, actually from Alberta, uh, from a gardener out there, and. It also sort of gives you a, a recipe on how to make cherry pie, and it um, it's a nice sort of neighborly story about uh, a person's a family's generosity and opening up their cherry trees to the uh, to the rest of the neighborhood. So I really enjoyed that story. It's by Ann Haw on communitynewscommons.org. It's called Banner Cherry Year Prompts. Free neighborhood you pick, which is um, that's wonderful. It's a really wonderful story. Well done, Anne Ha, and well done to that family for opening up and being generous and sharing your bountiful cherries with the world. <laughs> yes, indeed, that's great. So now, at the end of our time together, we've asked you to bring us a song that maybe our listeners haven't heard. Typically, it's with a, a local Manitoba flair. So, what have you got for us this week? Well, I don't think our listeners have heard this song before because it's really, really new. Perfect. It is a song by a band called Figure Walking. And basically, Figure Walking is drummer Rob Gardner and uh, two-time Polaris Prize nominee Greg McPherson. Uh, Those two are terrific musicians. They're based in Canada. I mean, um, Greg is here in Winnipeg. Uh, Figure walking, you know, they make music that runs sort of a full spectrum of all sorts of different things. Celebration, revolt, laughter, anger, just a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of different things that you can think of. And it's a real innovative sound. 
it's really worldly and it's rooted in uh, Winnipeg in in many respects. Um, I think that um, their debut album is a real treat. It's called The Big Other and uh, it's 10 songs. They are going to be releasing the album at the Goodwill Social Club at 625 Portage Avenue on Thursday, August the 10th. So that's today. Perfect. At 8 p.m. Awesome. And uh, then they'll also be at Interstellar Rodeo. You can see the big other at Interstellar Rodeo coming up at the Forks, which is coming up on Friday, August the 18th. Uh, Figure Walking will be there, I believe, at 445 uh, p.m. is when their set is going to be. Fantastic. Excellent. So I wanted to feature a song from the big other. This is the band Figure Walking with the tune called The Country. And you're listening to River City 360 with Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU. Welcome back to River City 360. We've got time for one more song. Here's Julie London with Fly Me to the Moon right here on River City 360. Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. 
Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, darling, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today. And in addition to all the wonderful events that are going on this weekend, there's Folklorama, and then of course there's the Canada Games, as well as the Canada Games Festival on at the Forks with music and fireworks. But there's also the Rendezvous with Madness Film Festival. And in honor of its 25th anniversary, the festival usually takes place in Toronto, but it's actually touring the country and it's making a stop in Winnipeg this weekend. It's a film festival where, through screenings and discussions, it explores the topic of mental health through features and documentaries and through conversation. So it all starts off Friday, August 11th. There's also several screenings that are taking place at Cinematheque at 100 Arthur Street in the Exchange District. And you can get more information by visiting the event page on Facebook or by visiting winnipegfilmgroup.com forward slash Cinematheque. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for speaking with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit our website online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. 
And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also send us an email, rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org, or the number to our listener line one more time, and it's 24-7, so feel free to leave us a message any time of the day. The number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RiverCity360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. <laughs>